It's classified. <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's cool. Oh, whoopsie, they had sex. Oops. I think this isn't mission difficult, this is mission impossible. This is so funny. He's gonna hey. die. <laughs> <laughs> Kangaroos. Australia, motherfuckers! Woo! <laughs> hey, mate! Ah! <laughs> altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. They want to own. No! We're gonna do it! Do you know who I am? I really loved him as Dumbledore. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> ah, fuck, he knows! The strength of his herky jerky hand was the only thing that stopped him. <laughs> Wait, they stole this whole plot from Hobbs and Shaw! I would say that this movie's probably better than the other one. Than one? Yeah. Ooh, I love it. I think that I would disagree with uh, Brad's statements. More so, I... Brad, what did you do? Woo! We're live! What's up, everybody? I'm Brian from Movers Dope, and I'm here with Brad the Bad and Aaron the Baron. Yep, those are the nicknames. Come up with better ones, guys, and then you'll get them. Um, Maybe ones that don't rhyme with our names. <laughs> hey, this is what I thought of three seconds ago, so... <laughs> <laughs> They call me the Baron because I eat a lot of Red Baron pizzas. They call me I Brad because I really like <laughs> Michael Jackson's Thriller. <laughs> and they call me Brian because... So I because if they call me Paul, I know it's going to be a terrible interview. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that reference, but that's the right. <laughs> Gotcha. I still don't understand that. I know who Paul is. All right, we're back for Mission Impossible Two of the Reviewathon, and I'm adding the one thing I forgot to have last time. A uh, boom. Oh shoot! That, uh, oh nice. That, that covers up Brad's Bam. circles. Um, well, too bad I planned for that. Oh, you can shoot. always Here lower it a little oh, bit over yeah. my camera. I got some extra space here. I really can't. There. That's not how well, StreamYard no. works, and I messed yeah. up my reveal that I planned ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got Brad Social on there. This is Mission Possible. Or this is a review-a-thon for Movies Are Dope. We are going to start by jumping into the trivia. Uh, I didn't check. But Brad, do you have trivia? I do have trivia. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> this, this movie didn't have as cool of trivia as the last one. Um, shocker. Yeah, shocker. I know. <laughs> the, best, the best movie in the franchise doesn't have enough trivia. <laughs> All right. Um, so we didn't go through the, the, the box office numbers and stuff yet, Ooh. so that's pretty good. All right, never mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I nope. I googled it. I'll let Aaron try. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I don't. I don't have those numbers in front of me. But I have a question oh. about the box office. So go ahead and if you have the All box right. office numbers, go ahead. All right. Well, then I'll do everything. Mission Impossible Two, directed by John Woo, story by Ronald D. Moore and Brandon. Brandon. Wow, I typed that and I didn't. I think okay. Brandon Braga. Braga. Braga? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So many different names. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. Uh, screenplay by Robert Town, and it was released on May 24th, 2000. Budget of $125 million, making a clean $546.4 million at the box office. What's your first trivia, Brad? Sure. Uh, this movie was the highest gro grossing movie in the franchise until what movie came out post this, obviously? Four. That's my which, guess. Which one's four? Ghost, Ghost Protocol. Protocol. 
Okay. I mean, Ghost Protocol was so big that they, How I Met Your Mother made a joke that somebody had the Ghost Protocol of bodies. So I'm going to guess since uh, I think Mission Impossible 3 brought us back to the franchise just a few years earlier, and it must have been the biggest gap, I'm guessing, between two and three in terms of years. Maybe the pandemic changed something about that. I'm guessing that J.J. Abrams didn't quite beat it, but got it back good enough to give us one more yep so it was ghost protocol hey you guys, you guys, high, you guys are, high five air in the baron <laughs> you guys are no fun um, <laughs> Woo! So, too bad they didn't get brad bird for the new star wars <laughs> <laughs> um so this movie obviously was a big hit um before it came out so they when they shipped it to the theaters they released it under a code name what was that code name uh blue harvest white dove <laughs> i have no idea you're not you're not that far off i mean <laughs> I'm mission bald. impossible comma again <laughs> <laughs> nope it was listed under dollhouse Ooh, interesting it was, to so prevent would... it being stolen and leaked out before the movie aired in theaters so the mm. fact that I was, so you saying I was close was literally just because I used two words. Close, but no, how the hell is it close? <laughs> Ooh, and before we get too far, I want to shout out. Uh, last time I talked about the Mission Impossible movie coming out on a Monday. Uh, now that changed. So Monday and the movie releases the next day on a Tuesday. But now that was the early screening. Now, if you go through Adam tickets and have a free sign uh, login to Walmart, you can go to the see it first screening, which is Sunday. They pushed the release date so far forward. It went into the left. Like, I guess Sunday's technically the beginning of the week, but my daughter made a good argument for Monday because Saturday and Sunday are the weekend. It's true. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna wait for like the uh, GameStop uh, preview of this when we get to see it on Friday. So I'm just gonna wait for that one. I'm holding out. I already have tickets for Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. By the way, <laughs> oh boy, just wanted to throw that out there so people have the opportunity. Um. So obviously, Tom Cruise is famous for doing most of his own stunts. Um. Who? How much? Who? <laughs> Tom, Tom, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman's um, ex-husband. Okay. Yes, okay. Boom, nailed it. <laughs> gotcha. Um, what percentage of the stunts did he do for this movie? Estimated. Oh. 72%. Ooh. Yeah, I'd say probably all, but like one or two. Yeah. Well, okay. Break that down into a percentage. Jerk. 99%. I thought uh, your eye roll was, I got it. <laughs> no, <laughs> you nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Uh, about 95%. So yeah, realistically, nice. it probably was one or two, but I mean, you pick a number, so you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then my uh, last bit of trivia, which I thought was pretty funny because it kind of shows you how everything was in 2000 and then everything we went through in 2020 and then to now. Um, but how much was the, how much was the virus that infected everybody or was going to infect everybody valued at? In this movie. Oh, in this Wasn't movie? Wasn't it like I 4 remember. million or something like that? 30 million. Well, the virus had the cure. Oh, you're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. 37 Four. million. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 37. Wait, did you say 7 million? Did we get it together? No, <laughs> no, he said no oh, not. 
My yeah, memory's so bad. Million. Hey, MI7 boy, what up, just joshing? Hell yeah, I'm so ready for Dead Reckoning Part 1. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny just because, um, one, $37 million in a, in, in a something in a bad guy movie is just hilarious. Um, and then having gone through 2020, seeing the, the damage that a virus like that could, in, could infect everybody with, it only valued at $37 million. Mm-hmm. I was literally going to follow up and be like, are you doing another fucking thing where like a large <laughs> sum of money is not a large sum of money? Well, I'm just and saying. And if like, so, please adopt me into your. I mean, even Bond in the 60s were using hundreds of millions and t- tens of millions, hundreds of millions in the 60s. Like, come on. This is a bad. This is a action movie with with a good guy and a bad guy trying to save the world. Good guy trying to save the world. Bad guy trying to destroy it. Come on. A bigger number. At least, at least make it believable. Like a ten billion, one hundred million dollars. I was literally thinking of one billion dollars. With um, number two going a little higher, more money. (laughs) I definitely don't say number two multiple times in the summary. Number two. (laughs) Who does number two work for? <laughs> you show him who's boss partner. <laughs> uh, was that the you said that was the last trivia, right? Yep, that was that. that right. they, there wasn't as much trivia for this movie. I don't know if it's just when it People came didn't out. Care. Or, yeah, just yeah, the, didn't, didn't seem as the, interesting. The most interesting pieces of trivia don't even necessarily have to do with this movie. It's like what could have been with like the X Men movies and stuff yeah, like that. Mm. I I chose I chose to skip those because obviously. I figured that that was a big enough thing in Hugh Jackman and I forgot who the other person's career was. All right. There definitely won't be any mention of the X-Men in this summary. I promise. <laughs> Huge Look Jackman. Huge Jackman. <laughs> definitely don't mention him either. <clears throat> Stop asking questions. It's classified. <laughs> All right. We already added the, uh, oh, first thoughts. What are everyone's first thoughts about this before we get into the plot? Go ahead, Brad. Sure. Um, okay. I I actually enjoy this movie. Um, I think for me, I don't know. We'll get to the rankings at the end, but we've only seen two. Um, I would say that this movie is probably better than the other one as a whole. Um, I think on on the whole, I think it's better. Um, than one. Yeah, Ooh, I love it. I would love to see there was a three and a half hour cut of this movie, which I'm sure we'll get to um, that filled in more of the plot holes. But was it Paramount or Lionsgate? Whoever produces or whoever releases movie said, no, we're not doing this at three and a half hours. You got to cut it down to two hours. So it's like one hour and 59 minutes and some change now. Um, so I wish I could see the three and a half hour cut to it would fill in some of those gaps that kind of do make this movie a little bit messy, um, a little bit gappy, but I enjoyed, um, um, Ethan hunt, Tom Cruise having a partner in this movie. Um, I'm going to add one more thing on top of the scandal. People will be feeling at you saying that two is better than one. And just mention that Brad really mocked the hell out of Spider-Man two during our, <laughs> our tier list. This Raby one, <laughs> just, just go, go feel free to check it out. If you want to get angrier, let your nerd rage go, but just be nice. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. My link trees in the bottom. We're, we're good. We got this. Plenty of things that you can yell at me for. You know what? Just, <laughs> just, uh, go through, yeah. just go through my letterbox. You'll find some some terrible take, I'm sure. 
You know what? Just for Brad's own safety, I'll hide. I'll uh, hide his. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it, <laughs> uh, Aaron. Um. So I I think that I would disagree with uh, Brad's statements, but um, it's just more so I. Brad, what did you do? <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> just kidding. Um, it was me. Like <laughs> I, I love John Woo stuff, and I thought that like this was shot very well, and I thought the action was really cool when it wasn't like doing the weird choppy slow mo and stuff. Some of that kind of got a little bit goofy, um, but it's just the story for me. I feel like wasn't as thrilling or interesting as the first one. Um, again, I've, I've been watching these with with friends of mine and we just didn't didn't have as fun of a time with this one as we did with the first one really so, I, yeah i thought you at least enjoy like laughing at it well i mean we we did do that too but it's just the first one we were like f- cracking up just not even because the movie was bad like we were like yeah like we were cheering when the cool stuff was happening and like this one was just like they're one of them is driving a different colored motorcycle so they can tell who's who. Cause they look exactly the same with the same hair. I literally, so I watch it. Then I rewatch it with my daughter again. Cause we're watching them together. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the first time I watched, it, I was like, Oh, so there's a Tom Cruise. Then there's an Ambrose. Then there's a third random guy who looks like them. Nope. Just turns out that sometimes Ambrose looks like Ambrose to me on the bike. Sometimes he doesn't. So I really genuinely thought that there were three motorcyclists and I was sober <laughs> <laughs> and just one randomly coming up. Just like give Ambrose a crew cut. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like something. It would make him look creepier. Probably. He's a great actor. Probably. Yeah. But, but for me, that was just basically it. It just didn't, it didn't hold my attention as well as the first one did, but you know, it was still fine. I, I didn't dislike it, but you know, it just didn't hit as hard as the first one for me. Yeah. Um, on these rewatches, I was really surprised how many beautiful or like great moments there were, were, uh, but especially when I started make this is a good, uh, transition just to start this. So every week I've been putting a little, s- silent supercut on the mover movies or dope site and just making this i'll get rid of uh sorry i'll get rid of that just making this i realized how over edited a lot of the action sequences are because i would come in to add like a five second clip like uh uh when it gets to any of the action here and like these cuts are all just happening (laughs) i'm not making most of them myself (laughs) And there'd be five cuts in like five seconds. I'm just like, no, that's that's no bueno. It's like they set up 30 cameras to catch it from every possible angle. And they're like, we have to use one shot from all of these cameras at least once. Yeah. Okay. And some of the moments like when uh, Ethan Hunt, (laughs) when Ethan Hunt pops a front wheelie and like you see three times him aiming. That's good. I I like. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's like the only moment that I started to actually appreciate from Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds, also starring Tom Cruise, where all the people in the crowd just do this. But like the sit, you see the same actors do it three times, and mm-hmm. the shot gets wider. The first time, I just was not into the movie, so I was like, 
God, what is this continuity? What the fuck is this? And then I learned, oh, I was like, oh, that's a good moment in a film I don't care about. <laughs> yeah, it kind of gives you a moment to lock in and be like, oh, this is supposed to be like a big moment. So they're showing it like multiple times. So you can be like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, that would work for the aiming part because that would realistically be so quick that you'd kind of lose it. But then the car flip has like 10 cuts as it flips, mm-hmm. I think, twice. Which yeah. I'm not usually, and it was working for me, but when I'm trying to find clips, I was like, oh yeah, this is, it could have been better, you know? Yeah. And but, super impossible to cut this movie down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's fascinating. There's a three and a half hour cut. Cause the only thing I know about dead reckoning part one is that the original cut, which they really liked was three hours. And then some executive was like, so we really got to cut that down. It, it really plays, but we got to cut that down. It's like, Knowing Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie, well, especially Tom Cruise, I would have been scared hearing that from an executive. Yeah, but I'm but like, I'm just gonna say, I'll kill you if you I'm cut a frame he doesn't want to cut. Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> that they would even like have that kind of a limitation on Tom Cruise at this point. Because, like, you know, feelings aside on Tom Cruise or whatever feelings people may have about Tom Cruise, like he's like just a made one point like, five billion dollars like, movie star we have left, basically. So it's just like. We all heard that video of him yelling at that cast that one time during the pandemic. Like, uh, maybe you guys oh haven't, but because it was, I think it was uh, Mission Impossible, or maybe it was Top Gun or something, got like shut down because COVID or whatever. We are the gold standard. He was pissed. It. So I would just be like, eh, it's a Tom Cruise movie. Like Top Gun did Gangbusters, so like, why not make it three hours? Who cares? It felt so weird to have a Scientologist be the only person to like seeming to breathe oxygen at that time. <laughs> like I felt such, I, I felt so validated. I was like, thank God somebody. Why is it the Scientologist? <laughs> like, come on. Crazy guy has a point. <laughs> like, we know he's wackadoo and yet he's making more sense than the person in charge. And by Broken the way, clocks right I twice a day. I refuse to be part of a party. Whatever. It's not the party thing. It's the person. <laughs> or, but uh, I f- it felt so cathartic. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Somebody. Yeah, it's uh, science. <laughs> you guys got to take care of yourself. <laughs> I'm here all week. Don't worry about it. You guys got to take care of yourselves and wear your mask so I can drive that goddamn motorcycle <laughs> off that cliff. And it wasn't even something like someone ripping it off. He's just like, six feet! Six feet! It's easy! Just fucking... <laughs> like, so yes, he took the is. mask off. He had a COVID mask on and had to put, take that off. They got tangled. He's like, ah, fuck, ah, fuck. <laughs> Make that Mission Impossible movie. Uh, Masking anyway. impossible. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the best for me. I'm fascinated to get, it, fascinated to get into it. You can't hear me? What? Back up. Oh, thank you. Thank you. There it is. <laughs> it's fine. Just say something. Just say you're underwater, Brian. Um, yeah. Underwater. Uh, but... All right, so these, if you've already noticed, are the Mission Review-a-thon shirts. Chat, uh, why did I was gonna, you look like such a chat, Aaron? Aaron's getting him in the, his in the mail still. I like the blockbuster. Um, that's Maybe. probably where impossible too for the first time in that deal I mentioned last week. But anyway, uh, we just got him in. 
personally we got like black heathered which personally i'm done dumb i thought it was going to be like this dark heather charcoal and i literally had to look at the two shirts i had and be like which one's black so (laughs) i'm just putting that out there this is the black one this is the dark heather black one um i don't love the the number on the sleeve that's really cool thank you that what's up brad go ahead uh interesting well i'm gonna get to the number on the sleeve but uh everyone should if you're on video look at brad's more closely because i think i have a little more saturation um it i'm more of a bright boy i'm just putting that out there i like a bright red and with this printing style it's a little darker so i actually made a uh i'm gonna present the screen i made another one that is bright red uh, this is the review of thought mission, whatever. This one's bright red. I put it as the spotlight tee and I took the one off the shoulder because otherwise it'd be 28 bucks before the 21% discount you can get. Sure. Uh, so I put a one right here. It's a cool <laughs> alternate though. I like that. It's, uh, and that's 1999 before the 20%, 1%. Okay. This is the darker. It's pretty accurate. So I think in the pictures, uh, there's also a pillow, which is my brightness that I like. Oh yeah, and yeah, new red. Yeah, this is my brightness for everyone to see. Uh, Chimera red, and we're about to get into the plot. I'm going to speed run this. Don't worry. Uh, But this is the red I like, and we're just doing the ones for every series. There's going to be like a one, a two, a blah blah blah. Uh, And then, how do I get back to the screen? I was just on. Ah, okay. Uh, There's. Oh. Uh, oh, I also called the darker one the subtle T. Because I'm a dad. All right, I know I'm canceled. Wait, hang on. <laughs> There's- Thank you. I was also going to ask you, Aaron, uh, if you have crickets that'll come in handy with the plot. I don't, not yet, but I, okay. can, I can preload whatever on here. <laughs> okay. Then there's a mission review-a-thon tea. I wanted to put it as low as possible. This is $42.99 before the 21% off, so it's got the one. Uh, and then there's a candle. Uh, it looks like a cup. It's a candle. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to get mugs, but uh, go to the movies or dope site. You can see this, watch this all ad free there and get a 21% discount. It's literally the lowest price I can do it. But uh, are you all ready for the mission? I mean, if that's not impossible, you say I'm impossible. I, uh, uh, all I hear is I'm possible. Crickets. <laughs> Perfect timing. Because I forgot to have my summary up for me to start reading. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> that worked. Sydney, Australia. Like all the classics, Shrek, The Princess Bride. Third example here. We start with a once upon a time beginning. Once upon a time, an old man got high with an injectable and left a drugged out voicemail. He's going to be so embarrassed when Dimitri plays him the message. Oh, Dimitri. Oh, wait. I read that wrong. That name again? We got another Dimitri uh, from the last one. Important note. He says, I must arrive at my destination within 20 hours of departure on a flight. Except no. The 20 hours started when he injectabled himself, not when some future plane takes off. Uh, that shit hits fast because within 15 minutes of taking it, old man is hallucinating some crazy Snapchat filters. 
uh, over a group of kids playing Ring Around the Rosie. Follow Movies Are Dope on Snapchat. What? Uh, fun, fun fact, Ring Around the Rosie is a poem about the bubonic plague that happened in London in the 1600s. Uh, look it up. Makes this movie the only one I know of that showed Ring Around the Rosie as horrifying as it actually is. Cut to a CGI plane. 2.45 hours from Atlanta, and I had to Google it. The fastest flight I found from Sydney to Atlanta was 19 hours and 56 minutes, making this a whole bunch of bullshit. And no, I did not use booking.com because I'm so sick every three songs of hearing that damn ad on Spotify. <laughs> Watch the video version on Spotify or uh, YouTube. Actually, I forgot to say, we're on Twitch uh, Wednesdays, 730 uh, Florida time. You can see it ad free on moviesdope.com or on your Plat- po- podcast platform of your choice. Uh, old man is on the plane with Ethan or Dimitri. Ethan's acting a little more cavalier than the last film. And there are other oddities to the scene, like the old man taking forever to put his oxygen on. But surprise, this is a heist. The pilot is heisting along with henchman, Matt, man from lost and hair dye. AKA Dominic Perel, who would later star in Prison Break and Legends of Tomorrow. And Dimitri? He's not Dimitri? His real name is Buzz Lightyear because he comes out of the box with judo chop action. (laughs) 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 But you know what he doesn't come with? Sound effects when he breaks an old man's neck. Uh, Dimitri Ethan takes the bag with the science science stuff from old man dead man and does the only mask reveal in the whole movie. Hey, that's not Ethan. That's Wolverine. Look it up. Uh, They pull the plane over, hop out, and let the plane park in the side of a mountain. Uh, transition conveniently parked yep (laughs) transition to ethan getting his rocks off and by getting his rocks off i clearly mean ethan climbing some rocks without a safety harness zap in utah um, oh i did not know yep really thought he was i knew his rocks off by getting on rocks he he had to fight for that scene because they didn't want to oh more trivia boom um he had to fight (laughs) He had to fight for that scene. Um, they didn't want him to do it. So he had to, um, he wanted to free do it, free whatever, free climate. Free solo. Free solo. They wouldn't let him. So he said, all right, fine. Well, I'll wear one one wire. He actually tore his rotator cuff, jumping from the one rock to the other rock while filming. That'll do yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, that's okay. I didn't know that. That's insane that he really wanted to do a, oh, I'm about to slip and fall off. Without a fucking wire. Yeah, yeah. When they filmed that. John Woo like was so nervous about it that he couldn't watch, and they did it like seven times. They finally got it, but like, be yeah. like, hey Tom, let's uh, do something else. Let's do something more exciting for a spy to be doing. <laughs> All right. So by getting his rocks off, I clearly mean Ethan climbing some rocks without a safety harness. Zap Mama's Ico Ico playing, and Hippie Ethan doing Jesus poses while looking like the mushrooms are really hitting. <laughs> <laughs> and you already referenced it, but I think I saw that they filmed this with wires. But it's still a thrilling exercise for Tom Cruise. Wish that thrill extended to us, but beggars can't be Scientologists. Choosers, choosers. Beggars can definitely be Scientologists. Uh, QA helicopter popping out of nowhere. <laughs> no sound uh, to p- before showing up to point at Ethan. 
kind of them to specify who the male's for <laughs> and shoot a damn missile at his feet. Everyone should watch the video version for Aaron the Baron's <laughs> great reenactment. The missile naturally has a pair of sunglasses in them. I like the detail that the sunglasses have a tiny little earpiece in his right ear or for his right ear. Though good news IMF, these days you can get sunglasses that use bone conduction to play your music and such. Ethan gets his mission, including needing to recruit a talented thief named Naya Nordoff Hall. They continue the trend of their boss giving the briefing. In the first one it was Kittredge, in this one it's Anthony Hopkins. Not gonna lie, who, Ethan Who goes uncredited? Oh. Interesting. Even in and the end? In the, in credits, the end credits? Not, yes, in the end credits, he's not credited. <laughs> what the fuck is that story? <laughs> just, I don't know. <laughs> how do you not? How do you not credit that guy? At least I mean, at the end, the movie. He saw he's the movie. Like, he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna bow this one." I'm all right, actually. Hey, that won't be uh, <laughs> that won't be relevant to a different thing later in this summary. Uh, Ethan gets his mission, including all right. Uh, not gonna lie ethan seems like he doesn't want to go on the mission in which case uh should you choose to accept it bro but we start a running <laughs> oh and i think they said i am force in this one i forgot to write that part down okay so let's continue possible mission force yeah. uh we started running gag of tell us where you go on vacation if i told you where i went it wouldn't be vacation and i just like it cue the credits and let me say John Woo fixed Mission Impossible. I don't know what they were thinking last time, but this time we don't spoil the movie by sticking a trailer in it. Instead, we just take the paper thin subtext and make it text with a lot of drawings of warriors and monsters. And put yeah. a fucking limp biscuit over it, baby. Over it. I was I wondering so. where the limp biscuit yeah. was. Also, I love the <laughs> beginning part where it's like he's wearing the glasses and they're like, These, this message will self destruct, which, first of all, is probably terrifying. He's like, oh, fuck, get it off my face. <laughs> just the, the taking the glasses off, walking away and slowing them, sl throwing them slow mo into the camera is freaking badass. Oh, yeah. But it's so stupid, but it's cool. They've John Wu finally watched one James Bond movie and was like, oh, okay, cold open, cool thing, music. Got it. All right. <laughs> yeah, we figured this out. And before he threw it, my daughter counted. He went to six, I think. So she was very incensed. Um, it was but, slow motion. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to finish off that thought, I hope we never see a trailer for the movie in the movie ever again. Yeah. Oh shit! Paramount. I forgot to make a graph. I actually want to start ranking those those uh, Mission Impossible title sequences. We'll do it. Uh, also, it ends with some pretty Fast and Furious one quality title graphics, but then the shitty little pieces morph into the stars of the night sky, and I think it's pretty cool. That was pretty we're, cool. We're in Seville, Spain, and if the Wachowski sisters said they took this sequence as, and used it at, for inspiration on Speed Racer, I would not be surprised. A lot of flowing red dresses during the flamenco dancing. And a lot of keeping every layer of action in focus. It's very stylized and very cool. I think they did something similar in Spy Kids as well. Small detail, but at least three different señoras. Wow, why did I think I could go for that? <laughs> I didn't practice that. <laughs> señoras. Uh, take a gander at Ethan Hunt, and that's not including the heart-pumping, literal heart-pumping sequence when Naya and Ethan lock eyes. And oh shit, Naya's a ghost. She disappeared in an instant. Ethan, do you see dead people? It must be hot in Spain because Naya needs an emergency soak in the bubbles. Uh, 
Oh, never mind. She's just trying to steal something. Ethan crashes her one lady party, and then the owner of the place crashes their party, so they need to hide horizontally. And for a cringy early 2000s trope of forcing our differently sexed leads in deliberately sexual positions, I think this movie handles it relatively well. Except for, go, sorry, except for she absolutely hated it. <laughs> oh, she did? She, yes. The actress? Uh, I, I, the actress not, yeah, I was going to say, I'm drawing a yeah. I'm drawing, was drawing a blank, but yeah, she absolutely hated it. She said she would never work with Tom Cruise again because of how he acted on set and everything. Is that for a later, <laughs> the later scene or that's the scene? I don't know if it was that, that scene or if it was just the movie in general, but she said she'd never work with Tom Cruise again. Okay. I didn't know that's she awesome. So, uh, so just for the cringy two thousands of having like that forcing the male female thing. I just, it's just funny that it worked out. Yeah. I'm, the reason I thought it's it worked relatively well is because Naya need uh, Ethan in the chest, which I don't remember most of those situations having a like, you know, uh, yeah. anyway, not having the male dominate. Yeah, uh, kind of. Uh, anyway, Naya steals the thing she wanted to steal. Gets goes to close the safe. Ethan says, "I wouldn't do that," and naturally, they have a professional ass thief say. Don't do what while doing the exact next thing she was going to do, you know, instead of pausing, doing everything. Uh, boom, alarm and a car crash. Uh, sorry, car uh, crash zooms. A lot of crash zooms before security swarms in and turns out Ethan was already undercover as, as the security guy. He then talks them out of there, but not before making Naya return the thing she wanted to steal. Not only that, but he busted her on purpose. And I dig this. It's a little less cocky than mission one, Ethan, but still fairly cocky thinking that, sorry, I was zooming in a little bit and now I've lost my cocky thinking that he could actually recruit her after ruining her plans. I mean, a playful chemistry will only get you so far. I don't do laundry cook or put up with cheeky bastards who set me up on their territory so they can poach on mine. Good line. And I, I freaking love that she drives off and like kind of catches him a little bit. Um, cue the Motorola product placement because Ethan tells Naya on her Motorola car phone, which apparently has a number that even Naya doesn't have. Would have loved to spin off that revealed what that was all about. From his and Ethan's calling her from his own, presumably Motorola car phone. It's the next day, and they're going to have a little chase. If he can catch her, she'll work with a good for nothing spy like him. And then she sideswipes him. There's some bad continuity with the background or with the exposure because of the sun's changing angle, including a part I hated when I was younger. Hello, executive producer, where the cars are clearly on a rotating platform. But all in all, like on this last rewatch, uh, not bad. Uh, just like I think it's a beautiful moment. And it's just like, yeah, it, uh, anyway, uh, just like last, I looked at Brad's eyes and I was like, let me not insult the movie. He loves <laughs> just can. like, okay. just like last night, the movie has Naya make one stupid mistake that requires Ethan to save her. Her car almost goes over the edge of a cliff. And you know how, when you're in the driver's seat and your car is hanging off a cliff, but then a half second later, you're just hanging from the door, even though you didn't fall out of your seat. Yeah. That <laughs> happened to you. Super relatable, super realistic. Uh, Ethan. And then, and then afterwards, <laughs> instead of crawling back into the other car next to you, you just make out in the car that's dangerously close to <laughs> fall off the cliff. 
Because yeah, Ethan jumps from his stop car to her stop car to help her, and we get a series of very realistic things happening back to back. Ethan adds his weight to her car, and on the side of the car that's hanging off the cliff, but his extra weight doesn't cause the car to move at all. Then he pulls her up, and they both just hang out in the driver's seat, again, hanging off the cliff without moving. But, you know, Ethan Hunt is 15, so he's not going to risk moving an inch if the lady's willing to straddle him. Uh, then they both smolder at each other and start making out again in the seat that's dangling off the cliff. Oh, whoopsie, they had sex. And dude's got it bad. Chica's got it a little bad, too. So there, there's an angle in when they're spinning that they had to flip the camera angle to make, to make it make sense because they had to... Um, you know, reverse pan the camera reverse because with them spinning with the lights, it didn't make sense when they watched the first time that they had. So they had to switch an angle and like mirror mirror one of the frames to make it make sense to them. Um, because as it was spinning, as they were filming it and they were pairing up because they had their cars front to back. Yeah. Um, at one point in time, it didn't make sense when they were watching it. So they had to mirror mirror one of the frames. So that's Ooh. why it probably doesn't. It, that's probably why it looks weird when we watch it, but it probably would feel more weird if it wasn't if they didn't flip the one. They the flip one while it was spinning. The only thing I could guess off memory is when she sideswipes him the first time, he goes whoa, and he has mountains behind him. But in the wide shot, there's no mountains to his right. So that's the only one I can guess. the the re- The reason that felt weird to me is because you can obviously see it's on a track at a certain point physics they don't they don't if the fast and furious movies did that today the physics would actually work um i don't see it as a it's one of those things where it's just like oh i know that's fake but as long as i accept it it's working for me yeah it was just it was just one of those things um make it makes it work makes the scene work to a degree i mean i think it would have felt different um, it would have felt odd having though if it, if it is that one scene. I don't I don't remember I don't recall what scene or what exact moment it was, but I do remember is when they were front to back. Um, she swiped, side swiped them. Uh, probably the, it was probably the first time because they were back to front, so the front of Ethan's car was to the back of her car, Denia's car. Oh, okay. Uh, since we mentioned National Treasure last time, uh, I'll say when they steal the declaration and leave uh, for the first time. There's a shot in the car where the female lead turns to like close the door or something. And you can see based on her hair that's moving everywhere. It's a reverse shot. Have fun looking for that. Uh, <laughs> and have fun watching have, that movie again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you will have fun. It'll be better than uh, uh, Papa Jolie's uh, performance in the last movie, uh, or at least more energetic. <laughs> uh, Anthony Hopkins plays a character named Colonizer Big Whiterton, and they did magic with the characterization. He bitches about Spaniards celebrating their saints, then paints himself as one. Then he does a sexism and says they want Naya so she can bone her ex, the Wolverine. Or no, it's not Hugh Jackman. This guy was supposed to be Wolverine in the first X-Men, but when this movie took a little, a lot longer to film than planned, that schedule conflicted with X-Men's, and he had to give up the role. He actually told uh, Hugh Jackman, you just landed the role of a lifetime. Uh, f- and then and, fun fact... Uh, Ian McKellen was supposed to play Anthony Hopkins part in this movie, but that's, that's who I'm 50, 50, yeah. whether you're being a little, scamp. no, I'm not, I'm no, not serious. He was supposed <laughs> to play that part, but it took, uh, so long that if he had done this movie, he would have missed out on X-Men and Lord of the Rings. 
Also, Dugray Scott was was he was sent the script. It wasn't offered to him, but he was sent the script to potentially play Aragorn. Or no, wait, maybe maybe he was maybe Ian McKellen was also supposed to be in the first one. I can't remember, but I know that there was something with. I'll look it up and I'll let you know in a minute. Okay. Uh, uh, fun fact: Christopher McQuarrie did a draft of the first X Men, but asked his name to be taken off the script at a certain point. Missed out on millions in residuals, so I'm really glad it worked out for him. <laughs> <laughs> by God, I would have choked myself to death if I was like, yeah, it wasn't like my favorite script, but holy shit, I'd still be getting paid. Um, anyway, I'm sure Christopher McQuarrie is not relevant to this franchise. Don't know why I mentioned him. They do the, sorry, I didn't tell you where I went on vacation. It wouldn't be uh, vacation if you did thing. And now we know why the artist previously known as Wolverine was on the flight in an Ethan mask. Apparently when a specific agent isn't available, IMF has another agent put on their, their face. Makes sense. Too bad. The agent Sean Ambrose, uh, had the nickname 006. They need to get Sean Ambrose. <laughs> <laughs> they need to get I'm so, so proud of me. Brad laugh at that. They need to get Sean Ambrose, the super virus chimera and the antidote review a thon. Or Blairathon. Uh, and then I wanted to talk about the fact that Anthony Hopkins, when he says, You think it'll be difficult? And uh, Ethan says, Yes. He's like, Well, this is Mission Impossible. Mission, mission, not Mission Difficult. Mission Difficult should be a walk in the park. It's not Mission Impossible. It's the Impossible Mission Force. <laughs> that shit's better. It broke like, the whole thing. They had, okay, to, so- they, they had to put the title of the movie in there somewhere. It's almost like we didn't do this last movie. How do we slip the we title have to of this? Say it. You literally could say this is the impossible mission force. Uh, (laughs) A difficult mission should be a walk in the park. Done. It just felt so cringy when it was like, well, this isn't mission difficult. This is mission impossible. It was just like kind of cringy. If it made sense, I was actually for it. (laughs) Like, I'm fine. Anthony Hopkins doing that is cool. Uh, But Aaron, did you find that? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the the Ian McKellen thing. So Mission Impossible One came out in '96. Mission Impossible Two came out in 2000. Um, Ian McKellen was contacted to be in Mission Impossible Two, uh, but the studio refused to let him see the whole script because they didn't want it to leak. Um, and then since they wouldn't do that, Ian McKellen's agent advised him is like maybe turn it down. He did. And then the very next day, Brian Singer contacted him for X-Men and Peter Jackson contacted him for Lord of the Rings. So if he had done Mission Impossible 2, <laughs> he would have missed out on both. Which Damn. would have been insane. Wow. I mean, they filmed for it. Yeah, he Man. made I mean, at the very least, I don't know how long this film, but I know the Lord of the Rings trilogy took a year to film or maybe 18 months. Yeah, and Fellowship came out in 2001. Oh, okay. I was like, maybe they could you know, handle having him not for the first three months, but no, mm-hmm. I, I really, I really loved him as Dumbledore. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's also hilarious that like back then they were, well, no, I guess maybe that was two years, depending on when casting for this movie I, in my head, I was like this released in 2000 and he got hired for the 2001 film. Yeah. Well, also mission possible too, I think was delayed like once or twice to, or production yeah. was pushed back or something. Yeah, it extended pretty far. Um, small note, but when Ethan says you made it so... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, no. A small note, but when Ethan says you made it sound as if I was recruiting her for her skills as a thief, Anthony Whitey Hopkins responds, well, then I misled you or you made the wrong assumption. And I just like that he starts with the possibility that he misled Ethan. Like, 
I'm going to use that the next time. I'm like, I didn't mislead you, but I'll start with that. Uh, sh- shout out to my Clerks 2 Racism video because I'm actually a fan of having sexist and or racist racist assholes in film. I mean, not every film. Uh, I'm just not a fan of the movie validating that bigotry. And sure. I think for a 2000 film, it it did a good job. It like they, there's an inch they could have moved with Ethan's character where it's like, oh no, you validated it. <laughs> but it, it's vague enough that I think it it lands on the, the side I like. Um, we cut to the scene where Tom Cruise scared Tandy Newton. I guess she wasn't nailing the scene, and he impatiently tried giving her line readings. Uh, everyone can look it up. Um, but aside from that, this is a really good scene. Naya naturally doesn't appreciate being asked to do this, especially after what happened between them, her and Ethan, and doesn't totally believe he was ignorant to the reason she was being recruited. Makes sense. And it leads to probably the best dialogue exchange in the movie for my money. Would it make you feel any better if I didn't want you to do this? Yeah, much. Then feel better. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I just like that. Uh, Not the last time the mission movies take a fairly standard exchange and spice it up with a slight change of dialogue. I mean, I hope it won't be the last time. Now Naya trusts him and she knows exactly how to get Ambrose to trust her. Not because she was born with the natural skills to honeypot, but because she's smart, clever and knows Ambrose. And since we are also streaming to Aaron's Twitch, any uh, primes in the chat? <laughs> any primes for Aaron? Uh, we got chat? a tier one subscription from. Oh, buddy buddy. Thank you so what? much. Oh, shoot. There's comments I've been missing. Will be 200 said, yo. Dad Scrub said, not a ton of free time to uh, write this second, but I love you. And then Will 200 said, not a rotating platform. How did the series continue? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Will be. And then, uh, you and good. that good, good. Uh, My baby. And then uh, I forgot to get rid of the <laughs> review thon, whatever. Dad Scrub sent uh, some emotes. I will have to drop. Will have be got to drop. Bye, will be 200. Uh, all right, where's my summary? I lost it. <gasps> I remember where I left it. <laughs> uh, Mission probable. Yeah, so she was she was not born with the natural skills to honeypot because she's a chica, uh, but because she's smart, clever, and knows Ambrose. They put a completely untraceable tracking chip in her ankle. It's untraceable because only one laptop can read it after it's bounced off a satellite, which could be hacked. And they hid it in her tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I like that part. Uh, and it, the satellite transmits the signal, which could be intercepted. Totally yes, untraceable. Yeah, totally untraceable, even though that's not how this works. You would be <laughs> able to, you'd still be able to see that it's um, uh, presenting a, a signal out. You just wouldn't be able to read the signal. And, but you'd and, still you'd still see the signal going out. But have you guys out. considered the fact that they said it's untraceable? <laughs> yes, I, I heard the fact that it's untraceable, but it doesn't make it untraceable. <laughs> I am worth I am worth billions see, of dollars. I want right? to see the spy movie where the guy is like, "Don't worry, you'll be completely invisible," and they put their glasses <laughs> on. He just walks in. He's just like messing with people, and they're like, "No, this is so funny. He's gonna I, die." <laughs> <It's> hilarious. <laughs> 
And even if all the other ways to trace it didn't exist that we already know, the laptop is. That's yeah. one thing tracing it. It's yeah, not legit. It's untraceable. Okay, we're going to track all your movements. Go ahead, step 20 feet forward. I thought you said this was untraceable. It is! <laughs> you can at least say it's untraceable by anything but this laptop. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Doesn't work like Aside that. from our software, it's untraceable. <laughs> it's part of the Apple ecosystem. <laughs> oh, no. That'll be $10,000. <laughs> no, they won't even do that. They won't put a back door. I actually respect <laughs> Apple for once or a big company for once for saying, fuck off, FBI. We're not uh, making the safety of every other phone a little worse just for your one or two maybe terrorists. But but here, have a free sticker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, they get Naya arrested to bait Ambrose into giving her a place to crash, but she's in detention. So he can, can he just pay her bail and get her out? I don't know if that's how jail works for international criminals. Get it? Hub. Wolverine. <laughs> Cue the mission team with electric guitar over shots of kangaroos. Australia, motherfuckers! Woo! <laughs> Dang, mate! Actually, that was perfect because when U.S. productions film outside of their own borders, it's pretty standard to have talent from that area play a part on screen, and this movie is no different. Here, a crucial part of the team is filled by the most respectful representation of an Australian that the states could muster in 2000. A caricature. And personally, the <laughs> is exactly what's asked of him. It's just that the material, surprise, surprise, sucks. And yes, then, and Tom Cruise was supposed to have an Australian accent when he said that to Luther, and they actually cut it because they thought it would be kind of um, discriminatory <laughs> and because he couldn't do a, a good enough Australian accent. Good so when he said it, might. So, <laughs> when so he they, said they what to Luther? When he, um, was it whatever? Welcome to Australia, mate. Was supposed to be done with an Aussie accent, and since he couldn't do a good enough Aussie accent, they thought it'd be discriminatory towards him, so they had to <laughs> cut it and just kept the line, but did just, it in like a normal accent. No, his normal. See, we got to move the whole production to some random southern state because that's the only <laughs> other accent he knows how to do. Uh, and then there's the the only other returning cast member from Mission One, Ving Rames as Luther Stickle. Ethan was kind enough to stand directly in front of a pile of poop. Perfect for Luther to step his $800 Gucci shoes in. I guess losing a disreputable reputation means adopting a I blow all my money on clothes reputation instead. <laughs> Naya arrives at Ambrose's island while Ethan and the guys try seeing it on satellite. Billy the Australian geeks out being able to work with Luther. It sounds like uh, laundry is being done. Uh, I don't know where that sound is coming from. Just throwing that out there. What's up, uh, I hear it sounds like there's uh, laundry being done. Just throw that out there. I think that I was a fan, and I think that okay. was me. Or okay. was it? <laughs> it's classified. classified. <laughs> <laughs> and the sequence is a little drawn out, a little more slow-mo than I'd expect, but it actually worked for me. I think this is the part that you said didn't work for you, The when she's walking up and there's random shots of slow-mo. Um, now it sounds like it's on the rinse cycle. <laughs> oh, it's completely off. I'm, wait, let me. It's you, Aaron. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I got nothing I going right now. I, I know. I know. 
is <laughs> someone's doing laundry for it. No, it's fine. Uh, and the Ambrose actor guy does a really good job communicating. I'm a weird, obsessed weirdo with an ego complex without saying anything. Then he kisses Naya. And I think Billy could have been a Benji for the series if Simon Pegg hadn't taken it in three. Specifically, I'm talking about when his awkward compliment to Luther lands like an awkward attempt at flirting. <laughs> we just rolled up a snowball and tossed it into hell. I literally wrote nothing next to it. I just want to mention it. Uh, <laughs> then Ambrose creeps, forcing Naya to change, and then interrupts the changing with creepier ideas. The next day, Ambrose is positively afterglowing while looking over a $37 million bid for Chimera. And is Naya pretending to be... Actually, you know what? It occurs to me that their later plot, it doesn't matter what the $37 million is because they're going to become billionaires. So it actually ends up working, kind of. And mm-hmm. still trying to get into uh, Brad's family through marriage <laughs> to get started, <laughs> to get find out fi- to find out what <laughs> uh, should be kind of be like. Well, it'd be nice to figure out what. Um, never mind, I'm blinking. The woman from Suits who became a princess. Why am I blinking? I love that show. Uh, Prin- princess Diaries. No, no, she's from Suits. And is Naya pretending to be sleeping in the middle of the day tuckered out by Ambrose's appetite? Because if she is, that's weird. <laughs> like, well, I'm just going to lie here for two hours pretending to sleep. Um, anyway, Ambrose is number two. Told you I was going to have that. Raises the rational question, is red sus? And Ambrose responds, I'm flipping a coin. I bet I can flip the coin the way I want it. Question my coin flipper again. And I'll cut your fucking pinky off. Uh, for now, he, he wants just the tip. Uh, the, the <laughs> and as far as his just uh, aired, uh, the the guy who 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 plays um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy who who has like the Number gross nail, yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> uh, he's played by Richard Roxburgh, who plays uh, Dracula and Van Helsing, and I love that movie a lot. But I love that movie. In this movie, with his blonde hair and stuff, correct me if I'm wrong. Does he or does he not look almost exactly like Lance Armstrong in this movie? the the bicyclist i think he has two uh, yes he does have two i double check <laughs> um <laughs> i'm gonna trust the bread so i don't have to spell it out um, but um yeah because um <laughs> i don't know if ci- aaron's just like i don't know what's going on but i don't appreciate it I'm sure the, the city know. the city that i grew oh, up in manufactured <laughs> yeah the city I grew up in manufactured the bikes that Lance um, rode in the Tour de France. Fun mm-hmm. fact. So all, I, all of his like uh, Tour de France bikes are hanging up in the uh, Trek um, entryway because he rode oh, Trek cool. bicycles. Being unironic, I think if I saw a video of Lance Armstrong, I'd be like, "Is that Tony Hawk?" Or is that, I don't, I don't, I know sports people so little that uh, I genuinely can't answer that. Bro, do a kickflip. I ride bicycles. <laughs> Leave me alone. I don't even do tricks on the bike I ride. <laughs> uh, but as far as Ambrose's justifications, he's just making flimsy excuses so he can keep getting his beak wet. I mean, honestly, like we've all, I, or I've been the guy in that scenario, or, or I've had friends in that scenario where you're kind of like, okay, this isn't a good relationship. You probably leave. And then you like make a bunch of excuses. And a year later, you're like, yeah, that was even worse than you thought. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, 
Do, do, do. Ambrose brings Naya to the racetracks and Billy slips Naya an earpiece. Ethan is there. Her job? Get a memory card off Ambrose, slip it to Ethan to copy, and slip it back into Ambrose's pocket. They spot Mad-Eye Moody as a potential buyer. Side note, his company's website looks like a DVD start menu. What's a DVD? It's classified. You fucking young. (laughs) (laughs) Also, while they're spying on Ambrose and Mad-Eye through binoculars, there's a weird digital zoom in and out that magically changes the camera angle or uh, the binocular binocular angle. When Naya is is smuggling the memory card, they use a shot twice to show her hiding it hiding it and taking it out but i'm just pixel peeping at that point uh good luck trying to find it at one point billy has to help naya lose ambrose's number two and almost dies for it literally and if you if you're just like watching or listening to this and you haven't rewatched mission possible 2 this is going to be so confusing to you but the only reason he's still alive is because he knew where the restroom was (laughs) um there is also a pretty clunky feminism and a male fantasy at the same time where Naya turns around against Ethan's instructions and then asks if she'll be spanked for her disobedience. So uh, on the memory card, we get a damn short film documentary about the effects of Chimera. The old man's science partner was named Sergei, though Luther pronounces it Sir Guy. I'm sure it's not a name you should remember. Anyway, Sir Guy died of Chimera. Ethan tells Naya to get out of Ambrose's clutches right before she returns and slip to Ambrose and slips the memory card into the wrong jacket pocket, which Ambrose notices. This scene hints at it, but the next one confirms it verbally. I kind of actually like that. So you have like five seconds of like, oh shit, does he know? And then like he says he knows, and you're like, ah, fuck, he knows. Uh, <laughs> then so, he looks. So uh, just to make sure, they didn't know. The IMF team, Ethan Hunt, did not know that they were at the racetrack to meet that to meet um, Matt I. Moody. Correct? Uh, I don't think they specifically say anything, but I think they're like following Naya, and they see an opportunity to I don't know T- talk to her for a minute by slipping her slipping her an earpiece. I don't remember when they shot when they saw Matt I. Moody there. I think it was after because they were talking to her. While he left, when he left, they, the guy came by and offered her the magazine. Um, that was when she put the earpiece in. I, I'd then, say it, at the very least, she tells them about the $37 million bid offer. So at if they didn't know there was going to be a meeting, it was at, at least an opportunity to get some information out since they yeah, don't have a formal way to communicate. Yeah, because that was when, when she had the earpiece in. That was when she mentioned that they had... Um, a magazine cover with 37 tick marks or something on it or a pic. It was when she was possibly faking being asleep in the middle of the day. They had a picture of 30, like actual piles of 37 million with words on it and a picture of the times uh, in there to prove that they had it that day. Kind of like how hostage uh, uh, victims have the newspaper. Right. I'm scared that that made you smile. <laughs> I've been doing it wrong the whole time. I keep using yesterday's paper. <laughs> I keep making my own in Photoshop. <laughs> uh, then Ambrose looks at Mad-Eye Moody's DVD screen. And in the next scene, we see Mad-Eye Moody gets getting kidnapped and drugged with Chimera. On Ambrose's island, Naya makes a run for it and Ethan finds her in a creepy hospital room. 
Mad-Eye is having a drug hallucination, and he confesses to Old Man's ghost. Mad-Eye poisoned Dr. Sir Guy with Chimera and wants to release it into the world so he can make money selling Bolarathon. Then the Old Man ghost leaves the room and peels its face off. Wait, what? Oh, it's Ethan doing the only mask reveal in the movie. So who's with Naya? Naya's Naya is expecting to leave with Ethan, but he tells her they're not extracting her yet. She has to stay with Ambrose a little longer. She tries to get a little sugar, but Ethan keeps a lid on the sugar bowl. <laughs> Sorry, I, I appreciated my own dumb joke. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually ashamed that I laughed so I could see if Brad's laugh was genuine. <laughs> she goes back and Ethan rips his skin off. Wait, what? Oh, it's Ambrose doing the only mask reveal in the movie. Wait, so why wouldn't e real Ethan be there? Someone should have been there to get her out. So what are they doing with Mad-Eye Moody at this particular moment? Or at least, like, shouldn't Luther be on the island? Because the, the escape plan seems a little half-baked. I want you out! Okay, where's my extraction? extraction? It's not coming! Uh, Ethan and Luther do exposition again, and they figure out where Ambrose will be. Mentioning this mainly because this is the best Ethan's hair looks all movie. <laughs> Moving on. Back on Ambrose Island, Ambrose knows that Ethan knows where Ambrose will be. I know. You know that. Billy drops off Mad Eye, playing like Moody took a nap. But that that doesn't really make a lot of sense because when he sees the time, he'll realize his ride home took like at least five hours. <laughs> Uh, we do double heist planning sequence, one with Ethan's team, one with Ambrose's team. It gets a little repetitive. Since I'll have to mention it later, Ambrose does highlight that Ethan would rather uh, skydive the half a length of a skyscraper rather than like attack one random guard. The TLDR is Ethan's going to do the repel floor thing from the last movie, but from a helicopter fall falling the distance of half a skyscraper louder. And he only has 40 seconds to do it, hacking some roof to give him an opening. And it's less interesting than the original version. Uh, but the weird part is Billy and Ethan demand Luther finish opening the roof in under five seconds. And Ethan actually jumps before Luther succeeds. So uh, if he hadn't, Ethan could be a puddle. <laughs> 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 but the only thing that kept him from being a puddle once inside was his incredible grip literally uh if you look back the strength of his herky-jerky hand was the only thing that stopped him <laughs> from <laughs> uh hunt starts destroying chimera very slowly it's just not how I would play my Hitman level. That's all I'm saying. There's no radio communication with Ethan for eight minutes. So when Luther notices and tells Billy that Naya is in the building, Billy says, say again, mate. Sounds like she sounds, sounds like you say she's in the building while laughing, not pointing that out. So I can call, do a call back to this moment in a future episode. Stop asking questions. It's classified. <laughs> Ambrose and his goons with Naya in tow crash Ethan's chimera burning party. He was actually about to destroy the last bit of Chimera, but he just had to have a couple dramatic audio flashbacks. You know how you get dramatic audio flashbacks right as you're about to save the world, and then because of those few seconds, the bad guys are able to cut you up and stop you? Pretty Do common. I? Yeah, pretty, co problem. yeah, pretty common problem. Uh, goon shoot at Ethan. One goon tries blowing up Luther. Ethan shoots prison break in the kneecap, even though I saw him later in a 
another sequence, whatever. They come to a little ceasefire. Ambrose insults the Tom Cruise run, and Ethan insults Ambrose's overly sensitive trigger. Then Ambrose sends Naya to fetch the last piece of Chimera, but she knows if she does so, Ambrose will just kill her afterwards. So she injects herself with Chimera as a way to stay alive. Wait, they stole this whole plot from Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> There's this angelic music that plays, and not going to lie, Tandy Newton could make a great Amazonian. It's kind of a great little moment. Ambrose taunts Naya, calling her a bitch. Naya throws it back, saying, you're not going to kill this bitch. She's worth $37 million. Uh, then it takes a quick nosedive when they try framing her survival instinct as trying to keep Ethan from getting hurt, which makes no sense. <laughs> then they say Ethan can't get both of them out, but then he jumps through a wall and parachutes out of there. So uh, that was a lie. I mean, in fairness, I guess he couldn't do a random trick spin in the air if he was holding her. Other than that, pretty great. Even the stay alive! Just stay alive! Uh, <laughs> I actually really like that. Um, Ambrose drops Naya in a random public place so she can spread Chimera. Only flaw is she can off herself before she spreads Chimera. So uh, too bad turning her into the police wasn't an option where she could infect the guards and they could infect more people and she wouldn't be able to escape her off herself. Uh, I don't know why I brought out, but I did it. <laughs> uh, earlier, Ambrose made a big point of highlighting how Ethan would prefer to jump. Uh, this is the part where he'd prefer to jump from helicopter, have a skyscraper resistance rather than hurt a random guard. I'm not mentioning that for any specific reason. So Ethan hurts a random guard, Stormy Ambrose Island. Uh, he Ethan even does a slow-mo kip, kick flip forward just to cut that guy's body in half with uh, his Scientology leg. Mm-hmm. Ambrose has Chimera and Bellerathon and Vials to give to Mad-Eye Moody, but technically it's like the blood uh, with, Ch- with Chimera. Whatever. It works. Mad-Eye's paying them $30 million. Wait. They did say $30 million and they transferred $30 million, but he offered $37 million. I actually didn't notice that until just now. We'll give you thirty million now, and the other seven million when it's done. After, four, after twenty four. hours, yeah, thirty million now, seven million in twenty hours. Split down the middle. I like it. Okay, These so guys are freaking idiots. I should have asked them for more money. <laughs> when they give the seven million, be like, "No, you paid us the seven million already. You owe us the thirty million." Thirty million. They're like, "Oh, oh I'm sorry, sorry. sorry, my memory. It's just they can fix up so easily." It's a phone call from his <laughs> bank. Yeah, that's way higher than the set two million that you usually are allowed to spend. <laughs> Shoot, the two million you can withdraw from the ATM. Can I get a one-time exception, please? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I have it set up where you guys usually pay the difference if there's like a small overdraft fee. Motherfucker, it's $2 million. <laughs> uh, Mad Eye is paying them $30 million, but Ambrose has another idea. I've altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. They want to own. Thank Sorry, you. For that makes sense to everyone who is confused. <laughs> In other words, thank you for making that make sense to everyone who is listening. <laughs> they want to own 51% of Mad-Eye Moody's company, and they're going to take it because, yeah, Moody's surrounded by Ambrose and all his goons armed to the teeth. So, uh, good, good job, Moody. Uh, Ethan grenades their meeting and walks by with fire framing him, an angelic score, and a white dove as a sidekick. It's like it was directed by John Woo. 
Um, I just try to make it work. So. I love the moment where he's running through all the birds. They cut it, but you can tell that one is about to just go right into his face. <laughs> I didn't see that. It's so funny because he's like running and you can see it. Like, <laughs> but if they had kept it going, it would have been like. <laughs> he would have just kept going. <laughs> So if anyone's seen the opening to 22 Jump Street, there's a moment where uh, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum are in the back of a truck with a bunch of animals and Jonah Hill just hates animals uh, or is scared of them. And they're like, don't worry. They're all like, they've got little chicken wire so the birds can't get off their leash and attack you. And then they start rolling and immediately a bird gets off its leash and attacks him and you hear him genuinely go, ah! Ethan's dove sidekick gives him a way to Ambrose's number two, but he throws another grenade to try and get out of it. Ethan Hunt, famous from the first film for throwing a lot of grenades, but it didn't work out for Ethan. He has a broken jaw, and number two drags him before Ambrose, who shoots him in the leg. A lot of eye contact, though. Hear the angelic choir because Ambrose kills Ethan Hunt, the guy who has a bandage on his pinky ambrose pulls his rosy cheeks off in the only mask reveal in the movie and it was his number two he screams it is good drama my daughter loved this face reveal <laughs> i love that that after he like kills him and takes his face off it shows like ethan running away and then it cuts back to to ambrose and he's just like oh like he's freaking the fuck out it's so funny uh, he's got duct tape over his mouth underneath mm-hmm. the mask and yep which like honestly when i was watching it i didn't even put it together that it was like gonna be a mask reveal because you but like i should have because the scene prior they fought and tom cruise put duct tape over his mouth but for some reason i don't know i'm dumb so i'm just like actually to make you feel better he put duct tape over the guy that he tackled while running through all those birds before he did the uh... grenade so you're actually good, <laughs> but I was worried nice my daughter kept the duct tape on him after <laughs> yeah. that. Though. I actually like that little hint, like having him duct tape somebody else. So it shows that he's got that on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why he has two fucking masks in his back pocket pre-made and a voice <laughs> thing already pre-programmed. It would have been really funny if there was two little like strips of duct tape that were just <laughs> holding his eyes open like that. <laughs> it was so funny. And there's like Sharpie that drew like a smiley face with like missing teeth on the duct tape, just making it like super stupid. Uh, actually, because I was afraid my daughter was gonna call it as a mask reveal, I I preempted it as like, oh no, you're gonna see he has a broken jaw. So like I just mentioned that before the uh, the uh, number two said it or Ethan. Yeah. I think it would have been good if he walked in and be like, I broke his jaw, boss. So you're not getting suspicious. Jaw, so he can't talk. And also, I hit him so hard that he doesn't even know who he is. So he might act like <laughs> someone else. <laughs> Very oh, convenient. Yeah. Don't look at it. Then number two is running with Bellerathon, and he pulls the skin off in the only mask reveal in the whole movie, and it's Ethan Hunt running. This one's my favorite of the movie because it's so quick and seamless. I'm sure that the the strategic um parts of where ugh, where there's shade or shadows uh helped but oh and then i asked why does he have two ready-made masks and a voice strips uh, specifically for number two uh it's classified billy and luther try to get ethan out by helicopter but there's too many armed guards one starts shooting at ethan and ethan does the only natural thing flip slow motion through the air over something he could have hid behind while aiming and shooting 
Makes sense. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't at all inspired by The Matrix, which also shot in Australia. TLDR, much action, much slow motion, much motorcycle stunting, and I'm easily confused because not only are are two motorcycles driven by two white men with brown hair and sunglasses. One of the guys, Ambrose, I think I mentioned this earlier, regularly looks like the actor, even uh, regularly doesn't look like the actor, at least to me, even though it is him. One of the goons put a hole in Luther's Versace, and Ethan does a cool front wheelie around a car, and then he, he that he then shoots and it flips. Sorry, I ate right before this. <laughs> Got a lot of bean burps. Um, so... During this motorcycle sequence, they switch back and forth. If you watch the front tire, they switch back and forth between racing slicks, like for roads and like really meaty, like dirt tires. So if you watch the, if you watch them go back and forth between the dirt and the pavement, um, their tires change drastically. I and then they literally focus- never noticed that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> when they're on the road, they focus like on the front end of his bike. So you can see the tire. And I think they, I think they also when they do the wheelie, they focus on you can focus on the front tire, and then they turn around when he goes on dirt, they have focus on the front tire again, and it's completely different tire, like not even close. Wait, it makes sense. It just it does it does just for the spy bike. It just switches. It's a secret spy bike. And they both have one because he's number he's 006. It's a don't ask questions. <laughs> Look, those those uh, tires are just like belly buttons. You can choose for them to be an in ear or an Audi at will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that makes sense with the tires. You're probably like, they're, it's all the treads are Audis. What the fuck is he saying? <laughs> You'll take your belly button off to switch it out, dummy. <laughs> Not like a tire. <laughs> Does he think there are tires with inverted treads so it just picks up some mud? <laughs> picks, up the air on the, picks up the air on the inside? Oh, what a fucking idiot. Makes it faster. Bike doesn't run on mud, dude. <laughs> it runs on Scientology. It runs on gas. Come on. Ethan uses some motorcycle trickery to get prison break and lost boys. And I mean lost, not the Lost Boys. Car blown up when it's hit by a semi-truck. Well, technically it blows up a second before it gets hit by the semi-truck, but who's paying attention? (laughs) They found not his GPS signal, and Ethan is trying to get to her, or get her to him, either way, in time to give her Bolarathon. He exchanges shots with Ambrose, then they start doing some dirt bike shit, and give each other a flying midair hug before Tom Cruise forces the actor formerly playing Wolverine to hold a real ass knife centimeters away from Ethan's Ethan, why did I, I wrote Ethan's hunts, actual ass eyeball, while getting his organs rearranged to angelic music and drums that sound a lot like Fallout. I mean, what's Fallout? Um, and, so, so he, Tom Cruise demanded that they that they do this that they did that stunt so they had that rigged to a wire and they had to measure it out down to like i forgot how much it was like a centimeter or a centimeter and a half to his actual eye oh so i thought they, for some reason it was attached to like a metal chain link why uh thing i don't know why that's in my it's brain. attached to one of those springs that the sprayer on a like a kit like a, a like a, a big like kitchen sink has just, oh i was i was thinking one of those like the squeezy things and it's like the um, it grows bigger and smaller, like it oh, yeah. flexes out, kind of like a um, penis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like one of those. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> I still don't know what you're talking about, but you said squeezy thing that grows in the knife to comb his eyelashes for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean the actor didn't want to do it. He's like, I wouldn't want to. You're do gonna it. do it, dude. I and swear, then... Tom Cruise is just the biggest like brat in Hollywood. Sometimes he's like, no, we're gonna do it. Do you know who I am? It's like. Oh. Dude, you're gonna die. <laughs> Stop. Uh, and then he I'm, also he also made Ambrose like he wanted him to go full force and actually like go a hundred percent. They didn't want him to half it. Well, even during the fight sequence, he didn't want him to kind of like half it and like pretend fight. He wanted him to use full force. He wanted him to actually try and beat him, kind of so it made it look like that on camera. He didn't want him to kind of go half and do cut angling or cut angles and stuff like that. He wanted him to go full force at him. Um, fun fact, they did the big stunt that we've all seen like specials for in dead reckoning part one on like basically day one. And I think Tom Cruise said something about like, of course, like to relieve the crew that they knew, but he was like, either way it went, uh, they'd know. (laughs) And he was referencing the fact that he's going to die one day doing these movies and we're going to love him for it. So I was telling my friends, if they're going to do like if all of these movies have like the one big stunt, they need to film that last. So just in case Tom Cruise, like, God forbid, dies or something like that, they can at least maybe have it be usable. Instead, Like, obviously, if he tumbles down a hill like Homer Simpson in the Springfield Gorge <laughs> episode of The Simpsons, probably don't use that. But like, you know, if it, if the shot of like. For, for Dead Wrecking, for example, if he goes off that cliff and it looks really cool and then for some reason his parachute doesn't open, you can at least use the beginning of that. Uh, which would you prefer? Like, Because would you prefer what he did with Dead Reckoning and just start it off with the stunt? I mean, maybe it's a little different with Dead Reckoning because if they filmed that as the last thing to film on part one when they still haven't finished part two, then maybe that's a little different, but let's just say theoretically, if it's one film, would you prefer him do the last stunt? Like you said, Aaron, or prefer him to do the first one so that the crew's not stressing out or, or at least they know if he's going to be alive. Um, I don't know. I honestly, I think I would prefer to just do it last because then everybody would be like, well, you got this big stunt coming up. You got this big stunt coming up. Something to look forward to, I guess. But then also, not everybody has to be there that day. So they'll just be like, oh, man, I got to work with Tom Cruise. And then he fucking jumped off a building and fucking died. Like, it's great. Like, I don't know. I just for, for the it's more for the sake of the movie than for the sake of Tom Cruise, I guess. I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, that way you don't have to have like a, a Paul Walker situation where you have to do yeah. part of the you have to do a scene or two without him. And which, you know, also brings me to my other alternative. Start cloning Tom Cruise. <laughs> Just raise him better. You think they haven't already done that? <laughs> oh, I bet Tom is working Tom, on it. The, it's a very it's it's like uh, golden handcuffs with sci- the Scientologists. Ironically, the other direction with Tom Cruise because they're like he's keeping us alive, baby. But yeah. the reason he's keeping us alive is what's going to kill him. Uh, we got to clone him. <laughs> working on something to transfer his consciousness into another body. <laughs> uh, and, and tomorrow. Wait. They do that, but like every year, it's not Edge of Tomorrow. It's a different one. I know it's Oblivion. Oblivion. I like. Oh. I like. Oh, sorry. Where, In Oblivion, where, where they actually do clone him. Oh, oh nice. I, I I know I've seen that movie because that's the one with the um the AI for a girlfriend or whatever, and they're on like the giant cloud city. Everybody goes to, like Mars or something like that, and they're the ones watching on the planet. He gets a sweet 
sweet space shuttle and a bike or something like that that folds out of the bottom of the thing. And yeah, um, just two different shots. Its tires change completely. Yeah, and the alien eats his bike. <laughs> I guess for me, when they should do the stunt, it would be the complexity of it, like the Mission Impossible Fallout helicopter thing mm-hmm. at the end. I'd want that as the first one because it's so complicated that if you're if that's gonna fuck up, then you. But the bike jump that makes sense for a last day because once it's done, it's it's done. It's a jump. It's like one yeah. whole stunt and you're done. If if you do that big stunt in the first uh, right away, and let's say you go over budget, at least you have something to go back to the studio and be like, look at this giant stunt that we did. True. Look how True. cool this is gonna look in the movie. We need then, some more money to finish it. And then you go back to the crew and everyone's like, you're fucking badass, dude, doing that crazy shit, which is probably why Tom Cruise does it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to change my answer. If it's Tom Cruise, do it at the beginning because then you'll kill it and the whole crew will be like, this is going to be the best movie ever. I'm putting it 120%. Yeah. Woo! Exactly. Anyone else. They do, do it to set last. the tone. Do it last. Uh, by the way, if it, no one's watched the feature on that big stunt, there's a part where he's like, I think I could hold it a little longer. <laughs> and they do it. Yeah, he does it more than once. That's the crazy part. Then Ethan punches Ambrose real cool and channels the spirit of Disney's Tarzan to kick flip and matrix kick Ambrose into the dirt. Ethan is about to sucker punch a dead man. That's funny. I don't know if I still agree with that. Sucker punch uh, a dead man is my favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> we are the sucker punch a dead man crew. Dead man uh, is my favorite one on Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> Guillermo <Yeah>. de Toro. <laughs> okay, I still haven't seen that one. Oh, it's uh, like a video game. You're okay. It's a video game you watch. Oh, right, cool. Uh, Oh, Ambrose was faking. Good thing Ethan's an air an earthbender because he kicks the ground and gun and a gun flies up six, uh, five. Wait, four feet in the air, and Ethan <laughs> wins the shootout. I actually respect the fact that Ethan that uh Tom Cruise stopped using the fucking crates that they made him stand on, or he wanted to stand on during the first Top Gun. It makes a lot of these moments better to have him just play short. Not play, you know what I mean? He is short, but to be play, himself. Yeah, play his height. Uh, Luther and Billy find Naya, bring her to Ethan with the Blarathon and save her life or whatever. Boss McWhiterton confirms the movie's over. They repeat the uh, going on vacation. I'll let you know where. Don't do that. It wouldn't be a vacation if you did. Bit. And Ethan and Naya fuck off into the sunset. Cue the electric guitar playing the theme song. Zero out of ten stars for no Australian spiders. Those suckers are bigger than Tom Cruise. Uh, I forgot what's supposed to be the ending, but uh, talk. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I tried to boss you guys around, but stall for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We still got to do the four twenty review, but um, yes, I forgot to mention that, and I didn't write mine, so I'll start thinking about it. Uh, (laughs) Um, But I would say overall, I think the stunts were. I mean, we got a bunch of things to rate here before we get too far. Um, overall, I think the stunts in this movie have done re- really well. Um, I, I, I think there are some gaps in the storytelling, but we didn't use it's it's uh, it's confidential as many times as we did the last time talking about the story. There weren't as many opportunities. <laughs> Ironically, 
which there are some plot holes in this movie, but not as if they're there are they're there, but not as bad. I, I don't feel like they're in your as in your face as the first movie. But Fair that's enough. confidential. So, oh, was that your the that, that was, was the four twenty? Okay, no, I was just okay. summing up. I was just jibber jabbering. Why you're saying uh, in the meantime things. before we get there? Yeah. Alright, uh, I'm trying to figure out what mine is. I wrote Mission, so far I've got Mission Impossible too long. Um, Hopkins <sighs> Hopkins crazier in Transformers. <laughs> uh, I fucking, I don't know. Uh, <sighs> repelled much farther distance but not as interesting. Let's wait. Uh, what's that show called? Uh, the JJ Abrams show with, okay. Look, let's watch mission alias. I don't know. <laughs> I really didn't prepare for that. Sorry, but my defense, I take you like six hours to do this summer, which is ridiculous. <laughs> no worries. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead with mine. I made, I'm coming up with mine off the, off the top of the dome too. Um, Whoa. So last, so, so last time you guys had your guys is ready. And I didn't have one. So I made mine up of the, of the thing. I have mine ready this time. And you guys don't have yours ready this time. Oh, I mean, the world I can, is unfair. I know. It's right. And, and you guys are both wearing the same <laughs> shirt and I'm not this time. So it's two of us are always on the same page. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so mine is this movie was interesting interesting doesn't mean exciting tandy newton was great action was really cool still hate tom cruise <laughs> <laughs> and brad what's yours sure uh rock climber falls in love face off after face off after face off another wire vault entry scene Save the girl, then Metallica. Hell yeah. Dude, I was so hyped when they started playing Metallica at the end. I was like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Now to present or to start. Wait, where is it going? Okay. To start our rankings. All right, let me get rid of this review of Thon branding. So bad guy rankathon, and we will start ranking, uh, including this one. Oh, by the way, if you want your own 420 review to be read here, just join. Go to uh, moviesardope.com, add, join the membership for free uh, for the first month, and you can do 420 reviews. You'll be entered into the giveaways, yada yada. But I, I, I encourage everybody to do 420 reviews because that's a lot of fun. Having yeah. to pair, pair this down to 20 words and four or five. <laughs> four five word sentences <laughs> it's it's more it's it's challenging it's more challenging than you might think to pare down an entire two-hour movie down to 20 words mm -hmm. all right now we're getting into our rankings starting with the bad guy rankathon last time we had phelps and kittredge this time uh what do you guys think do you think it's just ambrose or do you think it's ambrose with a side of mad eye moody Nah, just ambrose just ambrose yeah all right, so who thinks so the way this works for all the rankings, if you haven't seen before, is that we don't do tier list. We don't do S tier or in for movies or dope, ayahuasca and all that. Uh we do just 
is this better than this? And if it is, it goes up in a number. If it's not, then it stops there. So who thinks that Ambrose is a better villain than Phelps and Kittredge from number one? Raise your hand. See, I'm I'm kind of torn because like I think he's better than Phelps, but I but also Kittredge wasn't even necessarily a villain. He was just doing his job. All right, fuck it. He's yeah, better. He's, better. he's better. So Phelps was pretty monotone. That's why I think he's better mm-hmm. than Phelps. Kittredge, he's great. He's like the great version of uh the Ghost Protocol guy. I know we're not supposed to reference stuff, but like Ghost Protocol mm-hmm. guy is clearly like, okay, let's get another Kittredge to be like constantly trailing Ethan. Uh, mm-hmm. Kittredge, he just has a presence. And fun, fun thing I noticed on my last rewatch of the trailer is that Kittredge in the trailers for Dead Reckoning Part 1 just looks tired. And there's a couple mm-hmm. where he just looks like a tired old man. Like when he's, he's begging Ethan to stop when all the smoke's coming up and you see Ethan go, when he stands up right like really quickly he looks exhausted and scared which is not the kittredge i thought we were going to get and i'm so excited to see how it works out but ambrose for all the flaws of the movie and stuff i think he's so good at being creepy like Phelps saying after I tasted the goods made my skin crawl, but not because of the performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Ambrose just makes my skin crawl because of that. Okay. So and he, he actually, he actually had like a bad guy plot too. the other movie. It's not, it wasn't as, as evident that there was a bad guy plot. Like this is like a standard, like, all right, here's the bad guy. Here's what he's trying to do. Here's what we need to stop. It's the other one. was a little bit more hidden until the end. And, I think they kind of got the bad guy part kind of got lost a little bit more than the standard, you know, here's the bad guy. Here's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, I think it works for that film for what it is. Like it all works out. Yeah, it works. It, I just don't, yeah. it just, it, they're, it, they're not, they're not prominent bad guys. Like a prominent bad guy. You think of like Vader, um, not like, <laughs> not like, um, you know, it's not a, a Bond villain, essentially. Yeah, not a, not a bad twist at the, the end of a movie like 006, uh, mm-hmm. Sean Penn, not Sean Penn. Yeah, Sean Bean. Yeah, Sean Bean. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord of Winterfell. All right, so uh, Ambrose will take the number one spot. I think it was if it was Ambrose and a side of Mad Eye Moody because they do capture him. Like they need. Then I don't think it would have gone, or at least not for me. But I mean, he developed the the thing, but it wasn't. He wasn't like trying to steal he wasn't trying to inject it into the world he was just trying to sell it for money yeah well he was he was trying to release it yeah mad eye moody did want to let it out um i mean he literally he does say that he says uh when he's confessing to ghost old man he's like i wanted to release it and then make a lot of money fine i've confessed uh okay now, moving on to the movie rankings. Is this opening up? There we go. Let me do do do. All right. So Mission Impossible 1 is at number one right now. Uh, raise your hand if you think Mission Impossible 2 is better than Mission Impossible. I'm sorry. I faked you out, Brad. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. One, one to two. I'll take it. All right. All right. So Mission Impossible. It was still a fun watch, though. I will say. It was it, a fun watch. It wasn't as interesting as the first one for me, but it was still enjoyable to watch for sure. 
Yeah, when I watched this originally, especially when I was younger, I I hate it. It it is messy. I it it's not. I no offense, Brad. I would not call this a good movie, but with age and being able to look back at it, it has so many valuable moments. It's just not great as a whole. Mm-hmm. That's how I'd say it. All right, and now uh, actually, let's rank the. Uh, title sequences first before we get to the haircuts so uh, just because we don't have it i'm just gonna do this so mission impossible one and i'll have a graphic for next week that is to refresh everyone the epilepsy opening has a trailer for the movie and a lot of flashing white lights uh versus this one which has no trailer for the movie but has a lot of like old warriors uh and like chimeras and that kind of stuff um if mission impossible one is in the number one spot who thinks that mission impossible two's title sequence is better than one especially with the especially with the soundtrack behind it absolutely really okay i gotta i gotta watch these again like actually re-watch the first one to get a handle i wasn't gonna vote that i might contrast from the first one the first one you get like the classic mission impossible then you get this one and it's it sets the perfect tone for what this movie's gonna be the perfect early 2000s and having it be preceded by the slow-mo sunglass explosion also my favorite band uh, it was just, it was so perfect and so bonkers. And I was, I was in after that. All right. Nice. I was surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised to find that happen. Cause I, I just wouldn't have called it for me. I think the reason I wouldn't put it as number one is because it didn't have the trailer. If it did a full trailer, I, I would have. No, maybe I would have changed you put put a trailer for your movie in your movie come on what is this like i joke but that's a mission impossible staple and it's awesome and it gets you hyped Uh, it gets me hyped because i see the end of the movie before i (laughs) before we get out of the title in that intro they show the like the big reveal it'd be so funny (laughs) just show the credits during the intro it's yeah it's just every face off that they have in this entire movie (laughs) it's like five minutes of just face offs I was actually going to joke. Did Face Off come out before or after this movie? After. <laughs> <You know>? before. <laughs> I, thought it was after, I thought it was after because I thought I looked up Face Off. was 97, so Mission uh, Impossible 2 came out after. Yeah. Face Off right. came out a year I, after that, the first Mission Impossible. I had to look up if Face Off was one word or two. It's hyphenated, so I counted it as one word. <laughs> it's slashed, actually. Well, in, the so mo- in that movie, it's slashed, but slash. in, it's, well, got- it's uh, hyphenated. Right, I've right, got right. something to say with a slash uh, after this, but all right, hair haircut rankathon. We've got Mission Possible one. It's the buzz cut is the one that when Ethan's in under the sea, uh, when he gets stressed out, it doesn't mess up his hair at all. The Brad thought. Uh, any thoughts on the first one? Mission Impossible <laughs> one's hair was not great for me. Now, also in Mission Impossible two, I think it was too long. Uh, it looked like my hair in high school. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm I'm sure we'll get to the good spot eventually. But it was just it was a complete opposite direction of and, the first one. And Brad, what do you think about the hair in Mission Possible one and two? I love I love two. Um, I, it's that perfect, that perfect length. Um, it's <laughs> enough for him to enough for him to flip the breeze. 
um, as a resident long hair, don't care kind of person. Um, I'm, I'm with it. I actually, when I was trying to find screenshots for the thumbnail, people noticed that this is the one time that I know I'm not using our background here for the thumbnail. Um, there were so many moments on the bike where I'm trying to get a cool moment and the hair is just too long that it makes it not look like Tom Cruise when screenshotting it. Uh, even though he, that's not the person I was getting confused with during the chase sequence. So yeah, I mean, I, I like his longer hair. I agree with Aaron that this is too long. I like his hair for a later movie, his longer hair, but compared to mission impossible one, who thinks that Mission Impossible 2's hair is better than one? I'm 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 the lowest. It's closer for me. It sounds like uh, if I'm reading the room right. Um, I, I really liked when they first introduced him because they kind of introduced him from the back, so you didn't know necessarily <laughs> yeah. know Tom Cruise. <laughs> what? Um, to to reference uh, Aaron's the beginning of Aaron's spoiler free splash re- flash review, uh, Tom Cruise's whole ass. <laughs> if yeah, that's his, his hair looked, looked good when he was just like chilling and doing like the the stuff in like that big party was fine but then when he was doing all the action stuff it just got like too for lack of a better term gunked up and didn't look that great uh, yeah, that's fair it does look gorgeous in that one exposition scene and i do like a longer hair uh, but okay, so I was talking to my daughter about the titles, and I, I had to. I started talking about how I love the uh, the punctuation in the titles, since most movies, if it's Captain America: Civil War, it's Captain America: Colon Civil War. This already has the colon, so everything with a w- word subtitle has a dash, and now it's Mission: Colon Impossible Dash. Uh, dead reckoning comma part one and i want a two-part steel book so it has to be mission colon impossible dash uh dead reckoning comma part one slash part two <laughs> and all of them yeah while well, fast and furious just colon gets weird with their names uh second colon it has to be yeah. two colons dude when um when dead reckoning part two comes out if it's gonna be like um like if if dead reckoning one ends and then part two starts exactly where it the first one ended if they put a version out where it's both edited into one movie that'd be kind of sweet Ooh, fun fact christopher McQuarrie doesn't know how part two is gonna end yet <laughs> it's, it's gonna end with a part three jokes on you guys <laughs> yeah. and uh one more thing anybody got any primes in the chat for aaron <laughs> no it was just it, that one so it's we're and rolling. Just, I, I just waited so long to be able to say that i'm gonna abuse it for aaron's <laughs> um all right so here's the deal and it, i'm already gonna be giving away uh the Mission Impossible 25 year anniversary. I am going to be giving away a, and I'm going to be giving away this beta shirt, which is, no, it's not a beta male because it's a smaller <laughs> logo, but it isn't the first version I tried. It's an XL, uh, got it sent to me. I, I, I think I've made a right call. I don't, it's a little too small, but this is literally the only shirt you're going to get. Uh, with it the size it does have the one on the side so anyone in the movies are dope membership and discord uh through the membership site uh is automatically entered 
But any last thoughts before we close out this mission to review a thon? Mission to where? Where are we going? Mission to the moon. <laughs> Don't look up. Um, uh, I I really like this movie. I thought it was better than the first one, obviously. Um, I'm excited to get to the next one because if I remember right, if I remember how my ordering sequences, sequencing goes, um, depending on the day, of course, um, I'm excited. Nice. I'm very excited for next week. Also, I'm having a great time reviewing these movies with you guys. I've never seen. Well, I've seen the first three, but it was a long time ago. So it's like I'm watching these again for the first time. But I'm very excited for next week. I'm ready to see Pish do his thing, man. I'm so pumped. Pish? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, okay. I literally. <laughs> you could have paid me a. Rest in peace. You could have promised me a thousand dollars to tell you what Pish meant. What? What is that? What is that a reference to something? Besides Phil- Philip, yeah, no, it's just it's just his initials mashed together. I can feel my body saying coffee, <laughs> and it's too late. <laughs> so, all right, follow Brad at Brad F nine one two. Follow Aaron at Aaron Roots four two seven, and follow me at Movie Dope. Come back for Mission Three at Twitch on Twitch Wednesday at seven thirty, or just see it ad free. All of them at Movies Are Dope dot com we'll be streaming it next week and uh oh aaron the your outro and brad your outro <laughs> go ahead brad no well, he, 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 he does the last last thing oh you're last you'll uh, see is, this video will self-destruct in five four three two one bye-bye now <laughs>